Hello, this is Matt Slick from the Matt Slick Live podcast, where I defend the Christian faith and lay out our foundations of the truth of God's Word. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Kingdom Pursuits, where you hear from ordinary people instilled with an extraordinary passion. Together we explore the stories of men and women who take what they love and let God turn their passion into Kingdom Pursuits. Now, live from the Truth Booth, your host, Robbie Dillmore. And we are live today from the Truth Booth. That's always fun. And I love doing live radio because you never know what's coming. And so, you know, Kingdom Pursuits has always been, how does God take your passion and use it to build the kingdom? And the idea behind that, actually, that that Stu Epperson Jr. and I discussed was there's lots of folks out there being obedient to what God has put on their hearts. But a lot of people just say they're ordinary people. Right, that that they're they're not the Billy Grahams of the world or whatever, but God's put this on their heart, and as He does that, then and they walk with Him. It's amazing to see those stories, and if we could illustrate those stories, maybe more people would be encouraged to walk with Him in these ways. Right, whatever. They, oh, I can relate to that, and so you know, I'm always on the lookout in my mind's eye for where is this, what is, where do I see this in my own life where somebody's living out something that they have a passion for? And so as it turns out in my neighborhood, I'm so blessed. I live in, for those who don't know, I actually live in Stokesdale, North Carolina at Blue's Landing, which is right off Blue's Creek Lake. And our neighborhood, when COVID-19 came, started a Bible study. I didn't happen to know anything about it at first. It was started by today's guest, Thane Barnes. And and Thane at the time was a pastor, but you started a Bible study because of the real passion that's underneath that that I happen to know. And what was that? I want to see people come to faith in Christ. And my biggest concern would probably be the fact that the church today the believers that are in home Bible studies or reading their Bible in by themselves or in church or something else, uh, they seem to be a lot like a football team that huddles a lot. <laughs> and, you know, having been a former athlete and uh, some things happen in huddles that uh, are not really something that needs to be talked about, but the essence of a huddle is to figure out what we're going to do. And everyone has a responsibility, whether they're the quarterback or whether they're the the tackle or whatever the case may be, they have a responsibility for each play. And what I find out that we are all gifted, according to what God says in the Bible, with at least one spiritual gift, and God wants us to use that for his kingdom purpose. But what I see happening in too many of our lives is we spend all of our time in the huddle and we never break the huddle (laughs) to get out and run the play. And the play is uh, to seek and save the lost and the world and impact the world for Christ. Yeah, and, and, and again, I know a lot of folks that talk that 
Okay, I know a lot of folks. But when you see somebody that, man, you just see it every time, almost any time I am with Thane, you know, you, you, you sense that passion, which, by the way, if you ever spend a minute with Stu Epperson or 10 minutes with Stu Epperson, I'd be shocked if he won't be reaching out to somebody talking to him about Jesus, which was also, I believe, wholeheartedly, based on all the reports I saw yesterday at the funeral, was Big Stu's passion. Like, you know, they said when he was getting his chemotherapy, he was sharing Jesus with all the people that, you know, and that's that was their normal, you know, the, the way they did that, you know. And so, you know, it's kind of cool that, you know, I've seen a sign this morning. <laughs> I brought a sign this morning and my, oh. wife, my wife told me before I left, she said, they can't see the sign on the radio. So uh, I appreciated those words of wisdom, but this is what it says. Live in such a way that those who know you but don't know God will come to know God because they know you. I bought this somewhere along the way, but I thought this was profound. Live in such a way that those who know you but don't know God will come to know God because they know you. Well, the only way that can happen is if we break the huddle and we go out and we engage in in culture, we engage in people's lives, um, we meet people that we might be comfortable around or we may have very little in common, but yet God has set up divine appointments for us where we can go and we can at least speak to them in the name of Jesus. Uh, and then and there's another place where, to me, the huddle's significant because at those huddles, what could and should be taking place, right, is you're saying, oh, man, I got this friend. I got this neighbor, right, in the huddle. Exactly. Right? Can we please pray for this person? Because obviously, you know, that the, the, we're going to help God get involved in that. And then also, you know, what might I, you know, you, you get advice and all from the huddle, right? That, you know, that, that, that here where I'm coming up against this defense, you know, what kind of offense would, would be appropriate or what kind of, you know, and, and so, you know, I love the huddle analogy, having myself played a little football, but, you know, it's all about the gospel when you think about it. The gospel is what is behind this. So as you might guess, you know, there comes a point in Kingdom Pursuits where we got to do it. So speaking of the gospel... Oh, you knew it had to happen, and here it comes. Oh, oh, this first one is so good. I've laughed about it all morning, and I know that you're going to laugh about it. So, here you go, guys. I got my dream team. They're, They're studying hard this morning to see if they can answer these riddles. And feel free, Thane, to jump in if you think you know this one. Yeah. So, why don't cannibals eat gospel singers you know we're talking about the gospel here so why don't cannibals eat gospel singers no idea what do you think Payne you got anything no clue yeah yeah I'm I'm stunned on this one All right, you will be (laughs) (laughs) the problem is they keep throwing up their hands <laughs> that was a good one. It gets you every time, right? Right. <clears throat> that was a good one. For you guitar players out there, this one really is a very guitar pun, but hey, what can I say? So if a Christian rock band had a Gibson, <clears throat> what could they be called? If a Christian rock 
Christian rock band had a Gibson. If a Christian rock band had a Gibson, Gibson. what could they be called? I don't know. They could be called the five Gospels less Paul. (laughs) 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 There you go. Right, 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 right. Oh, that's funny. And I don't know about you, but my dad would Uh, always say this. He would say, no news is good news. Right? Did your dad say that? Nope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He didn't? Okay. Great guy, awful journalist. Just saying. (laughs) 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 But also, if you think about it, awful evangelist, right? Because if you're never given the news, right? Here's the news. Let me share this with you, right? Awful evangelist. So... You know, at the end of those actual shenanigans, and we did have fun with the cannibal joke. Oh, I love a good cannibal joke. I always have. I don't know what it is. It's just my sick sense of humor. Anyway, (laughs) we do have a riddle that you can call in and win today. And so if you call in at 866-348-7884 and guess this riddle, Christian. Oh, we'll tell the riddle since we started that music. Be thinking now. Here you go. This is a pretty easy one today, I'm guessing. Think. So, and don't answer it in you know, like you normally would. Okay. Just, no, I mean, my guys don't answer, but you call in and answer it, okay? If you went to name the four Gospels, the name the four Gospels, and you could only remember Matthew, Luke, and John, what's your problem? Okay. If you, <laughs> I know this one. <laughs> I knew you would, I, Greg. I'm not going to answer. Uh, Ted told you it'd be easy. 866-348-7884. So if you went to name the four Gospels, and you could only remember Matthew, Luke, and John, what's your problem? 866-348-7884. And we'll tell you what you can win when you come back from Kingdom Pursuits. We would love to hear from you. When we come back, we got a whole lot more of sharing the gospel with my good friend and his passion, uh, Thane Barnes. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And Thane Barnes, our guest today, is a passion for the gospel. I love that. And I love that. When we were left our heroes, we were talking about what they could win if they called in and told us if you went to name the four gospels, but I could only remember Matthew, Luke, and John. What is your problem? And if they can do that, Christian, tell them what they can win, even though well, we don't have the music right now. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna win one of the fabulous prizes from our Kingdom Pursuits prize vault. And it's a vault. I mean, it, it will vault you. It's so... <laughs> it's full and ready to go. So how exciting. We've got Chip is actually, from what I understand, the holy part of Toledo. Holy Toledo. <laughs> so, so, Chip, where you're listening to, I'm trying to think of the call letters, the station in Toledo. What is it? Uh, it's 106.5 uh, Truth Network, but I, I, I honestly don't know what the call letters are. 
they're, they're telling me to look behind me. Turn I've got around, this Robbie. big uh, turn around, Robbie. <laughs> it's not on this. What is it, guys? They, they need to update our we'll find out our ba- banner here. But I thank you so much for listening, Chip. What is my problem? Which, by the way, we have a caller, Diana in Virginia. Please hang on, Virginia. I want to talk to you regardless of whether or not Chip nails this one, which I'm kind of thinking he will. But anyway, what is my problem if I can only remember Matthew, Luke, and John? Well, you, you would have sinned in that you missed the mark. <laughs> Yeah, you nailed it. You're perfect. So that's wonderful. So, Chip, what do you do in in Toledo, Ohio? I'm an electrician. Wonderful. Well, I could imagine that 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 you have a chance, right, to see God and electricity in some amazing ways, don't you? <laughs> well, there's a lot of power in electricity, yeah. um, and God's much more powerful than that. Um, I honestly, I work by myself quite a bit, so I don't get much chance to talk with people. Um, but, the, but the cool thing is, is if you're not connected to the source, you got nothing. No, and I, being on service truck, I get to listen to the radio quite a bit. So I get to hear a lot of sermons. And, and I've also heard that, you know, if you don't stay grounded, you simply, you simply are short-circuited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Chip. I appreciate your call so much. God bless you, and I appreciate you listening. And Lord bless you, too. Thank you. Bye-bye. So I got Diana is in Virginia. Diana, did you stay with me, I hope? I did. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. So what were you thinking my problem was if I remembered Matthew, Luke, and John? <laughs> yes, I was going to say the same thing. Missed the mark. I missed the mark, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so what do you do, in, or where in Virginia are you calling from? Yes, I'm calling from Richmond, Virginia. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, because we got stations in Roanoke, and we got stations in Portsmouth, and so Richmond, you know, I once lived in Richmond. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I, believe it or not, this takes me back a few years, I was the GMC truck manager at Haywood Clark Buick on, I'm trying to think of the main street it was on, right there, and, and I loved Richmond, and, and I used to live out by Goochland. Where I understand oh, okay. their tower yeah, is, yeah, you, that's place. isn't it ninety five? Is it ninety five point uh, ninety seven point seven in Richmond? Correct. Mm-hmm. Wow. It is. Yeah. So, what do you do in Richmond? Yes. Yeah, so I um, I own a wedding venue in Prince George. Since you lived in Richmond, you might know where Prince George I do. is. I do. Southeast. You Richmond. do yeah. weddings. God bless you. Yes. You have learned yes. long suffering. i have learned a lot for sure god has used that um as a ministry not only for us to them but them to us so so i have to tell you this um that my daughter got married in june and i got to do the ceremony the first person i ever got to do the ceremony was you know and so my first big mistake, which my wife still pokes me in the elbow within the ribs every time we go to any service anywhere, is I failed to tell the people to be seated. <laughs> so, you know, they just kept standing and standing and standing, and my wife is waving at me, and she's trying to get me to get them. Oh, 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 you may be seated. 
but that that little faux pas failed in comparison to the moment that I had copied and pasted the vows and uh, you know from one to the other and then you know will you take this per, you know to be your lawfully wedded and when I got to my daughter right and I'm looking right at her and I'm holding actually a microphone so everybody can hear her vows and I said you know will you take you know Deeb to be your lawfully wedded husband <laughs> and she looks in the mic she goes really dad <laughs> <laughs> so I I I think Diane that you are like man, but what a neat thing that God has given you to to to, to bless those unions because you know that's the beginning of families and it's just wonderful. Yes, yes, it is. Well, thank it you is. so much. I feel very blessed. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for calling in. We're going to get you yeah. something from the King and Pursuits Prize Hall, something special for wedding planners. Oh, <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, oh. Diana. Bye-bye. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. All right. Getting back to the topic of the day, my friend Thane has got this passion of sharing Jesus, right? And like I have heard him tell this story on more than one occasion, but I think everybody needs to hear it. So you will sometimes, when you were a pastor, you would offer church people choices. So tell us that. Oh, I'm trying to get over the wedding venue and, uh, <laughs> and all of that because uh, there were so many bloopers in weddings and uh, baptisms that uh, that I am now reliving as... How about your- funerals? Let me tell you about the one yesterday. So oh, as good man. as it was, when the pastor, you know, who's a good friend of mine, Will Tribuan, says... You know, and the passing of Stu Epperson Jr. And she, he meant to say senior. <laughs> and so, and everybody just busted out laughing, right? And he goes, oh, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, but I know bloopers, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, one of the things that uh, I've pastoring five churches through the, the last 40 years that I discovered is if you gave people an option, and we're talking about living out our faith and sharing our faith or at least finding opportunities to contact people that we might be able to at some point in time build a relationship with and then help them across that bridge to Christ if, uh, if God so, so leads. But asking a church this question, do you want? to have another Bible study? Do you want to have a prayer meeting or do you want to go out on a community engagement time when you go out and and uh, do community service for someone? We had a group in one church I pastored, we had a group that went down to a, a gas station and we paid down people's gas. And and they'd go into these self-served gas stations and a whole crew of young teenagers would come to their car asking if they could clean the windows or clean their taillights or headlights. And these people would freak out because they'd right. never had somebody serve. And then we had all kinds of car washes and passing out water and people going into businesses and, uh, and asking if they could clean their, their facilities and those kinds of things. But... Uh, Here's what I discovered. If you ask them, do you want to have a Bible study? Do you want to have a prayer meeting? Or do you want to have some community engagement? Always, always, always. Let's have another Bible study. 
And there's nothing wrong with Bible study. I mean, I've been leading Bible studies and attending them and reading the Word of God and plan to continue to do so for a long time. But I see among believers sometimes the fact that we want to know more. We never think we know enough or we're ready enough to go out and make a difference in the world in somebody else's life. And we become, if I could use this term, fat Christians. We know a lot of details. We know a lot of uh, facts about biblical truths and those kinds of things. But it's kind of like the Dead Sea. There's no outlet for all this stuff that is coming in, and it just goes in there, and we become bigger and bigger in our knowledge, but we don't do anything with it. I guess it's back to the analogy of breaking the huddle and running the play and getting out there and and engaging people's... James might have had something to say about that. <laughs> he, say, he said something about that, yes. And, and what's really cool is, you know, God challenges us, right? Because hey, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. If, you, if you're going to be obedient, really, on, on so many different things, he is going to stretch you. And that's part of what where faith comes in. It's like, if I go across my comfort zone, will you be there for me, God? Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly true. And I think people, for any number of reasons, we sense that if we are a follower of Christ, a Christian, that we know that someone told us about Christ, some way someone engaged us, but we seem to forget that. That someone took the time to build a relationship. And uh, one of the things that it talks about, I believe it's Luke chapter 10, it talks about Jesus sending out the disciples into the world by twos. And uh, they just had phenomenal experiences. And he said, go in and find out if you could find a person of peace. Now, a person of peace is not someone that is a follower of Jesus necessarily, but it is someone that is open to at least listen to spiritual truths. And before, and I, and before you understand that and before that becomes a reality, people have to receive you into their lives even though they know that you're a follower of Christ and then you can begin to watch God move in some special ways. So that's where this... And we got, we got so much more coming your way on Kingdom Pursuits. We'll be right back with more practical ideas on how you can take it to the streets. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And what we're talking about today could be everybody's passion, I hope. I hope. Like, man, can you imagine your life without Jesus? Can you imagine how you could face something like a death in your family or something without Jesus? Can you imagine life without Truth Radio? I, I don't want to. 
Um, I never, I, I can't imagine it. So we've got to pass the good news on somehow. But in order to do that, it means stretching across our comfort zone to some extent and, and having the faith to know that God's over on the other side. But the beautiful part about it, as I thought about it, um, is it really, if you stay connected, right? It can, it, one of the beautiful things about going across your comfort zone like you have no idea how getting on the radio the first time crossed my comfort zone. Let me tell you, I was absolutely terrified, terrified. Like I know I may sound comfortable at this point in time, but it's 18 years later. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was terrified. And the guy that was my producer just said, man, I hope you like to talk on the radio because there can't be no dead air and you got our show. You know, I'm like, uh. and I was, I was just, but you know what that caused me to do when I was terrified? Like, Jesus, I need you. I need you now. I need you every minute. And I prayed from the second I got on the air. And, to, and so he had me right where he wanted me. Right? And so you're stepping out in obedience. I'm not comfortable doing this. I'm guessing he has you where he wants you. Because what does he want? He wants a relationship with you as much as he wants that relationship with that other person. He wants your relationship to be deeper. And he's pushing you that way. Right, Thane? Absolutely. I think there's a there's a part of us as followers of Christ, if that's who we are, that at times makes assumptions, and that's a very dangerous thing to do. Uh, we meet some people, some neighbors, some friends, uh, come across some people in schools, whatever the case may be, and they're nice people. And they're people that you feel pretty comfortable with. Uh, you have no idea about their their spiritual life or anything else. But sometimes just because you like their personality and they kind of jive with you, we assume that they very well might be followers of Christ when we don't have any idea that that might be true. Or we find people that, we have absolutely nothing in common, people that we'll see in places that we wouldn't normally go. And uh, it may even intimidate and scare us. And we're assuming that they're not interested in the Jesus that transformed our life. And I think when we start assuming either that people are believers or they're not believers without going into the process of of at least building a relationship with them so that some spiritual questions might come up in that relationship, uh, I think we're, we're partly guilty of the fact that they may go into a Christless eternity in hell partly because I just assumed that they would be or were not interested. Yeah, Pastor Quartz used to tell this story. It was a pastor at Calvary for years and years that one day he stopped to get gas back when there was full service. Mm. And the young man that came out to help him, he felt the Lord prompt him that you need to share Christ with him. And he was, you know, he was a pastor of a big church. He had to go, you know, he didn't have time right then. He said, well, I'll come back tomorrow and do it. And he came back the next day. And the young man had been in an automobile accident and was dead. Mm. And, and he said, it, it, it changed. 
like when he felt the Lord prompting, like, don't, don't wait. Like that opportunity's there. And, you know, they're, they're, like you said, that person's in eternally, like in the place more horrible than I could possibly ever, ever imagine. And, you know, God gives us opportunities, whatever that may be like. It's amazing. And, and honestly, I'm always, and I'm sure you're the same way. Anybody that ends up coming to Christ through something I was involved in, I'm still just totally shocked. Oh, <laughs> me too. I wonder at times, how'd I get here? And why me? I mean, right. why would you think that I have anything to offer the kingdom of God? But I really don't. But Christ working in and through our lives, he can do anything. But we've got to engage people and build relationships with people with the hope, and and it's not going to be our words. I love this definition of witnessing that I heard from, oh, probably 30-some years ago from a lay evangelism school, it was called. This is my responsibility. This is our responsibility as followers of Christ. And I'd love to hear some of your uh, callers and respond to this. But this was the definition, sharing Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. It's never been any believer's responsibility to argue, to... Uh, manipulate to try and get someone to be a believer. All our job is is to just be satisfied customers. And let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. Oh man, I, I heard this this week, but it, you mentioned something that you never feel like, man, I'm not qualified for this. But I understand. I didn't hear this interview, but I've heard it quoted several times. That, um, um can't think of the name of the great TV. Oh, his last name was Larry King. Was interviewing Billy Graham, and he said, "Does God?" He said, "When you when you get to heaven, Billy, what do you think? Do you think God will actually talk to you?" And Billy Graham's answer was, "Well, I hope he will say, well done, good and faithful servant,' but I don't think he will." Hmm. Now, <laughs> that tells you a little bit like he was stepping outside of his comfort zone every time he, he stood up to the podium, every time he shared Christ with anybody. We're talking about Billy Graham here. So if you don't feel qualified, guess what? <laughs> None of us are. None of us are qualified. Christ did for us what we could not do for ourselves through our own righteousness, through our own good works, through our own trying to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, we couldn't get there. And uh, I, I always find it fascinating, one of the things that is one of the criticisms of why people don't come to church and those kinds of things is they said they're all a bunch of hypocrites. Well, that's never bothered me when someone says, well, all you Christians are a bunch of hypocrites, because I'll ask them, the question, well, by hypocrite, do you mean do we always do what we always talk about? And the answer is no. Does that make us a hypocrite? Yeah, I guess that does. But if we could have done it ourselves, Jesus wouldn't have needed to come. 
No, oh, it's 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 totally the case, and you know, I I I get back to that idea of speaking to people of peace, which I just think is a beautiful idea of, and that word shalom, which I could give you all the Hebrew you wanted to know about it. Not probably all the Hebrew you'd want to know, but I know a lot of Hebrew about it. But I like a simpler little thing that says nothing missing, nothing broken, right? Because you may have heard shalom is completeness, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that idea of nothing broken. Well, you know that neighbor, that person, whatever, you can just tell. <clears throat> but the question is, have you ever asked them, right? Do you know if you die tomorrow, you know where you're going to end up? And, and do you have the boldness to ask that question? Well, you know, when I was working at the dealership, I had that situation. That salesman I'd known for six years ended up in the hospital and he was on his deathbed. And I asked his wife because I had never asked him. And she said, I don't think he's a Christian, Robbie. I don't think he knows Jesus. And after a very long, long story where Johnny ended up coming to know Jesus, I called every employee in my office. I said, okay, here we go. Do you know if you die? <laughs> because, man, you don't want to be standing in the hospital with somebody you've known all those years and you didn't know. It's just, you know, it's one of those things, man. And like, wow. So we got more. We got one more segment. And if you want to talk to Thane about this, you can call us 866. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. So blessed to have my good friend and neighbor, uh, Thane Barnes, with me today and his passion to share the gospel. And I love what my boss often says, and his dad said it before him, you never want to assume anything. <laughs> and just last Saturday, I couldn't have, I was at a Bible, I mean, excuse me, I was at a birthday party for a dear, dear friend, actually one of Tammy's best friends, and her husband was there, who they happened to be divorced, but her husband was there, and they're still good friends, and they hang out sometimes. And I don't know how many years I've known this man, and I've seen him in church, I don't know how many times, and I assumed, I assumed, Right? And he got into a political decision or discussion that was kind of like very, he was, you could see that there was not a lot of peace, to be honest, when I heard him going into, I was like, well, you, you do know we win. <laughs> and, and he said, no, we don't. He said, God's got nothing to do with this. And I said, well, wait a minute. I mean, you don't believe what the Bible says? No, I don't. Hmm. And he was sincere. He didn't. And so there I was thrust into something like, oh, didn't see this coming, right? I didn't see it coming. But it just convicted me again that, man, you don't want to make that assumption. You know all sorts of people. And and all of a sudden, you find yourself in that situation. And, you know, I was now have the opportunity to pray for this gentleman all that I pray for him a lot, but also continue to ask God, you know, I, I, you know, immediately, you know, engaged him in a conversation like so you know, I, I, I get where you're coming from. Like, so what do you go on authority? Like, how do you decide since you're obviously very vocal on what you think right and is wrong? Where do you, where, who's your authority on that? Well, I am. I said, wow. <laughs> you know, and, and it was an interesting, you know, but it, you know, you're in this situation where you don't want to hurt their feelings. You can't argue with them, right? He's, he's absolutely convinced he's right. 
but yet we want to make sure that he knows that man, you know, there, there's, there's more to the story, right? Oh, that's, that's a grand truth there that, uh, just asking people, just being able to ask, and you engaged him through a, a series of events, but it's not hard to start a spiritual conversation, even though that's a very intimidating thing. And maybe the, the best way to do it is just ask someone, do you have any kind of spiritual beliefs? And you just listen to them, because most people do. Now, some of them are just crazy wacko. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's in Greek. That's not in Hebrew. <laughs> but um, if you listen to them and just, well, to you, who is Jesus Christ? You're just letting them answer the questions. And then I heard a, a guy named Bill Fay do do a teaching called Sharing Your Faith or How to Share Your Faith Without Fear. And his final question was, if you, if what you were believing were not true, would you want to know? Kind of like your friend the other day. If what you were saying were not, was not the truth, would you want to know? And their answer is no or yes. But this guy that had led thousands of people to Christ, he said in, in like 30 years, he'd had two people that said, no, I wouldn't want to know. And they both came back to him and said, well, aren't you going to tell me? but it's a decision that someone needs to make i don't have to make it for you nor you for me but everybody needs to have the information say that one more time i want to write it down actually it's so good it's like so if you say that again i don't have to make a decision for you and you don't have to make a decision for me is that what you wanted me to say? No, I, what, you, what your friend said to ask him, if, if you knew that what you believed if, was not... If you knew what you were believing were not true, would you want to know? And his name is Bill Fay, F-A-Y. How to share your faith without fear. Yeah, because I, what a great, what an amazing question God gave well, him. Well, it's a good closer. Uh, right. And if they say no, that doesn't mean they'll always the be a no. the conversation, right? Yeah. And I can't tell you the number of people, like, in my own life, and I, you know, because a lot of times I wouldn't say that I really shared the plan of salvation with them. I just ask them to do a Bible study, or I ask them to come, to, or whatever I ask them to come, you know, you want to come to this, you want to do that? You just move them one, one increment closer. And numbers of times people have come back and said, Robbie, I want you to know I gave my heart to Christ. In other words, <laughs> I want you to know, you know, <laughs> because they know where you stand and they know what you're, you know, and you, and you invited them. And so, you know, however it worked, I don't know, but I was sure honored that, you know, they came back and told me. 80% of the people that go to church, now we're not even talking about coming to faith in Christ, but 80% of the people that come to church come because somebody invited them. That's pretty simple. And my friend Barry McGuire would tell you, you know, it's pretty easy to just say, hey, did you know God loves you? And the answer to that question is just a pretty good opener. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Thane. And of course, 
um, I'm so grateful for all you listening today. And, you know, I wish I could tell you Thane has a website and all that, but he is just a, a, just a normal guy like you and me out there doing it. And, and so I think that's what he would tell you. You know, just go do it. Like, take your faith, put it, take it to the streets. And so you get to listen to more truth on the Truth Network. Encouraging prayer, followed by the masculine journey and then Nikita Koloff. It's time to man up at 1230. This is the Truth Network.